Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, show number 72 for August 23rd, 2010. This is Adam Meyer, Creative Director at Interval, the agency that puts on the podcast. And I am not alone. But only one partner in crime today. <laughs> this would be Jackie Ritaco, Account Coordinator with Interval. Hey, Jackie. Hey. We are Bevelo-less today. We are. This is going to be a change of pace. <laughs> it is. Chris is uh, taking a little time off, a little R&R with the family, um, enjoying beautiful South Dakota, I believe. Yeah, I think he's in the Black Hills. Yeah. So, well, I'm not sure how much R&R it is. I know that some of those vacations have a tendency to be about as hectic as anything else you do, but um, and uh, it's right. always fun to spend spend some time with the family, of course. So hopefully he's having a good time taking in a little Mount Rushmore and uh I don't know what else is what else is in the Black Hills other than Mount Rushmore and hills that are black. I've heard well, actually I've been there, but it is quite pretty. I've just it's yeah. just been a while. I, I went there when I was a kid. So That's yeah, me too. My family we would go we went camping regularly and Black Hills was a place that we had hit a few times, but I was too young to remember it um at this point in time. I know. I'll have to get back there sometime, but I know it is quite a it's quite a drive from the oh, cities. So Yeah, it is. I grew up in western <laughs> Minnesota and it was it was quite a drive there and that's yeah, our two and a half, three hour lead on heading there from the Twin Cities. Exactly. Yeah. So oh. we've got a we've got a couple of interesting articles to cover today. Um one of which uh uh Jackie, you're gonna kick off, right? And this is uh women more likely to use community health websites. Yes, and I discovered this site or article through um, the Reagan Communications emails that I get, and it's actually kind of a cool website. It's marketingcharts.com, and it looks like they have quite a few interesting charts to look at, so we might have to come back to this more frequently. But yeah, but this one specifically is women more likely to use community health sites. I suppose this is no major shocker, but I still found some of the statistics kind of interesting. Uh, the community site category is composed of a range of personal interest sites, and community is clear that women drive both the visiting these sites and their heavy usage. Results indicate that across all age demographics, from 15 and up, community sites have a higher reach among women than men. And I guess I'm just going to pause for a moment because, Adam, maybe you can shed some light on this. But I was trying to exactly figure out what they were referring to when, um, when they're talking about community sites. Um, kind of before the advent of Facebook and Twitter and MySpace, there were uh, a lot of online forums. Um, you'd have websites that just provided uh, a, a discussion area um, where they could, where pe- people could communicate with each other, ask questions, share stories, and just kind of cr- create an additional wealth of information. And you know, one of the big benefits of having a forum is that it, it gives you kind of that SEO long tail of content. So when people when people ask questions in a forum or provide answers, a lot of times it's in in well, typically it's in kind of a conversational tone, and a lot of times when people oh, okay. are searching for information online, you know they'll they'll type in the question if they have a question about cancer um, rather than just typing in cancer. You know sometimes people will type in the actual question, and oftentimes when you when you search a question, you're going to get taken first to some of these community sites where that question is a part of the content that's being discussed. I see. Okay. Well, and what is that website that I'm kind of drawing a blank, but it's really tailored to moms? There's a couple of them, I mean, you know, and ever since yeah. my wife my wife became a mother, and myself a father, of course, 
you know, a lot of, a lot of the ads for those types of commercials stand out a lot more. The one that pops out the most, which I know has kind of a local branch is moms, moms like me.com. Okay. I've heard of that one. Okay. Cause I always, I always tease my wife that she should, she should get on there and then speak to moms like her whenever she has questions. She always rolls her eyes at me. Um, I don't think she, I don't think she's actually gone on any of them yet, but you know, the interesting part of that is that she and I both fall into the demographic here where participation in those groups drops off a little bit in that age bracket is what was that statistic? 30. Let's see. I think they kind of, they kind of started off with that one, right? Well, are you talking to 35 to 44 bracket here? Well, yeah, I guess you're right. The the disparity, they said the disparity begins to increase more noticeably among 35 to 44 year olds. The interesting thing here is that the largest gender disparity, they say that these community sites have their highest reach among men in the age range of, let's see, 55 and up. And it's slightly more than 60% for men using these sites, and then slightly more than 70% for women. I guess I don't know what to take away from that. I, I To me, it seems like it's almost like a generational thing still. You know, they talk about people, uh, young, uh, the younger generation, the 15 to 24-year-olds, and that makes sense. You know, that's that's the group that grew up, literally grew up on the web. Some of them will probably run across health information and take value in it, even if they weren't specifically searching for it. So there are probably times where it's hard to distinguish whether somebody yeah. was, uh, well, I mean, you can look at, at keyword well, right. searches and stuff when you're analyzing this this data. So, I mean, you can tell, typically tell when people are specifically searching for something. But I, I think it's mm-hmm. just second nature for people in that age, gr- age group to um, uh, seek information of any kind online. Then when you, when you move into the 25 to 34 year olds, you know, that's typically a fairly healthy span of one's life. I don't think you're, you know, I, I guess I look at myself yeah. and I, I don't, I, I haven't had personally, haven't had to deal with like major health issues uh, myself. So, you know, I, and I, I'm going to guess the vast majority of people in my age range also have not necessarily had to, not that 45 to 50 year old is 50 to 54 is old by any stretch of the imagination. But that is certainly is a time, I think, when you start to take some of your health, uh, right. your health decisions a lot more seriously. You start to evaluate, if you haven't already, what your things like what you're eating, the kind of fitness that you're getting. And you start to think about things like heart, you know, heart problems and maybe even starting to experience some symptoms of some of these things. So I think it makes sense to me right. that right in that age, age range, people would start to um, turn to the web more because, you know, that's probably when you're really starting to to really think about some of that stuff. Right, and seek these online communities. I guess I'm just I guess I'm just kind of surprised at I mean, and maybe I shouldn't be, but the people age 55 and up, the amount that are actually using these online communities. I don't know. I mean, I just I found it very interesting that not like 55 is even that old either, but I mean, there's just a lot of people using them at that age, and I guess I just I expected more maybe in your range, maybe 15 to 24 is a little younger, but yeah, and I think when you look when you look at um, I know a lot of a lot of the one of the, one of the fastest growing segments when it comes to like the Facebook population is this exact age group. It's people who are um, I can't remember the exact age range, but it's right around 50, forty-five to fifty-four. It's it's in that it's in that uh, it's in that area. Right. So you, you've got people who are becoming comfortable with the web, whether it's through because of things like social networking, um, because right. they've started. You know, they've done a little bit of shopping there and now they're comfortable. As, as you get comfortable using it for one thing, I think you're comfor- very comfortable using it for other things. So you know, they all go hand in hand. Yeah, that's true. I think once you're there and you experience the, um, 
the value of online content, it just kind of continues to suck you right. in. I think I think that's probably why we're seeing people in that age range at a, at a higher at a higher level of participation. That's probably true. So don't neglect them. Do not do not <laughs> neglect them. But that is a good sign. That's a good sign for um, uh, hospitals and health systems because that um, you know they're gonna, they're going to start needing definitely. needing uh, that that care as well. Right. Well, yeah, and that and that, those were the major takeaways from this article. Just that women are obviously spending more time on these community sites. That also health sites follow similar patterns. Yes. So, good article. Yeah. We will uh, definitely we'll get a link to that in the show notes, along with uh, the other article. I follow this uh, site, but I, I this article escaped me. It is, the title is "Analysis: What Are the Web's Top Sources of Referral Traffic," and it's a uh, guest author to the site readwriteweb.com that's right as in w-r-i-t-e uh, readwriteweb.com I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna butcher his last name posadites posadites something yeah. like that Our <laughs> we'll, we'll call him john p <laughs> there you go. he actually he actually goes by john p on his site because I, I, I think he's well aware of the fact that people <laughs> have a hell of a time pronouncing his last yeah. name yeah um, but he he's the ceo of Woopra. That's W-O-O-P-R-A, Woopra.com. It's a really, it's a super slick and beautiful uh, web analytics platform. Uh, it's in use by over 100,000 websites. So they gather a lot of data. I mean, if you use anything like Google Analytics, you know what kind of information you can track for people coming to your site. And right. uh, this is just another platform that provides that same information. And um, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty slick one. So he pulled together an article that is all about knowing where your traffic is coming so that you know where to focus your attention. Not only knowing where just where your traffic is coming from, but knowing in general um, across the web where their traffic is coming from. Cool. They, they segment the uh, referrers, which is what it's called when somebody sends traffic your way. That's a referrer uh, into uh, a number of categories here. And uh, I was going to dive into each one. The first category is social network referrers. Uh, and as the name would imply, that is uh, social networking sites. A huge slice of the pie here going to Facebook at 68% of this pie chart. After that was Twitter at about 25% and then uh, 4% to LinkedIn. And after that, uh, MySpace. Uh, man, I can't even pronounce the last one. Some other ones we've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mixy.jp and uh, the last one, you'll have to take a look at the website. Um, uh, a foreign referrer that I'm unfamiliar with, but I'll have to take a look at it and see what it's all about. But you know, I have a, a interesting story from when my, when my wife and I were selling our house uh, last year. It was fascinating to look at the reports that we would get from our real estate agent. He was actually a little shocked uh, himself, but um, you know, his, his job was to help us sell our house, obviously, and to market our home online. Right. I put together a, uh, a pretty big write-up on Facebook talking about our house, photos, descriptions, oh, I remember and um, just posted it so that you know friends and family could see it and share it with other people uh, that they knew in hopes that you know maybe somebody out there that, that is a friend of one of my friends or family is is house hunting and uh, might be interested in our home. Right. Put put this page together on uh, on Facebook or note together on Facebook and shared it and spread around quite a bit. Like 75% of the traffic that was coming to our, our listing was coming from Facebook. Really? Yeah, he was a little taken aback because he's supposed to be the marketing professional who's you know taking care of letting people know about our house and 75% of the traffic coming to his uh, uh, <laughs> right. uh, listing is from 
the page that I put together on Facebook. So that was a little, that was entertaining. That is interesting. Uh, yeah. He still did a good job, so I, I won't knock him on that. But Well, uh, I mean, I guess I'm, I was kind of surprised at this statistic, I guess. I don't know if I expected, I guess I expected a larger chunk of this pie to be, especially from Twitter and um, maybe more from LinkedIn. But I mean, I guess the statistics don't lie, but it's, it's just interesting. Facebook, like they say, is just so massive. <laughs> It's the 500-pound gorilla, as they say. It, it is. It is it is massive. And I think they had mentioned in here, too, which – and this, this is true. Is it's, it can be a little harder to measure uh, metrics from Twitter, um, primarily because a lot of people aren't coming directly from Twitter.com. Right. A lot of people are using cli- a, a client on their phone uh, like Tweety. And when people use those, it doesn't necessarily show up um, in your search results or in your, in your analytics, I should say, as um, coming from Twitter.com. Right. I think with uh, tw- Twitter is a little more of a, you know, one of those things you, you do quickly. That's true. Um, whether it's something you're doing from your mobile device or it's even just something that you flip over to flip over to Twitter for a couple seconds during the day to take a look at mm-hmm. what's up there at that point in time. Or you had a thought that you wanted to share quickly. Um, at least that's kind of how I use Twitter. I think that's how a lot of people use Twitter. But Facebook, I think, is just a little bit of a different beast in that that is a little more of a place where you kind of go Linger. and spend some time. Right. Yeah, you linger, linger and lurk. I think lurking was your uh, term for Facebook usage. <laughs> Face stalking, <laughs> as I like to call it. <laughs> but you spend a little more time there, I think. Right. And when you when you come when you know you're in, when you're in that mindset, knowing that it's something you're going to spend a little more time with, you're probably more willing to to venture off somewhere else. You That's know, a, a link that somebody shared. Especially when you get like a little thumbnail preview um, before you leave, which you don't necessarily uh, get on Twitter. Um, yeah, I can see the potential for that driving a little more traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's uh, that's a good point. Yeah, but nonetheless, it, it was interesting to see that much more over Twitter. Yeah, I agree. So the next segment um, with social bookmark refers uh, that would include sites like StumbleUpon.com, Dig.com, Reddit, Delicious. Uh, these are the places where people can. Basically, if they find something interesting, they go and they share the link. Um, now, each of these sites, some of these sites work in a similar way, like dig.com. If you have an account, you share you share a link. If other people find it valuable or they like it, um, they'll dig it up, which basically means they're giving it a thumbs up or a high rating. Um, if they don't like it, they'll they'll bury it. They'll dig it down. So right. that's kind of how Reddit works. Uh, stumble upon similar in nature as well. Delicious is kind of a different beast in that it's uh, more of a, of a, of a place where you can just quickly, uh, bookmark sites that you like and tag them with certain keywords. I use delicious. I love delicious. I would highly recommend to anybody who bookmarks anything to use a site like delicious rather than bookmarking things within your own browser, just because you're, you're not tying your bookmarks to a specific browser. And if you ever upgrade or your computer crashes, you know, it's, it's one of those things you're not going to lose if you have all those saved elsewhere. Right. But anyway, segmenting that, uh, th- this, this, looking at this chunk of this segment, uh, 51% of referral traffic comes from stumbleupon.com. Um, that was an interesting one. I mean, they, they, they played up dig a lot larger. That was about at about 30% of incoming traffic to these websites was coming from dig.com. Well, two from the social bookmark referrer segment, I should say, and stumble upon. So yeah, I was kind of surprised. Well, I've never heard of stumble upon, but you know, like this is not my arena here. So that might be why, but yeah, I mean, I'm more definitely more familiar with dig. So I guess I was, I didn't expect that, but so that, that's an interesting one. Um, let's see, let's jump into one of the, Next one, search refers, of course, uh, Google at the top. 
Yeah. You know, when it comes to search engine optimization, they're the guys you focus on. Um, not that you want to disregard Bing, not that you want to disregard Yahoo. Um, but if you, you know, if you've set up everything to work properly in Google, it's going to rank uh, well within the other search uh, search engines as well. All After right. that, we get into media refers. Uh, it would include sites like YouTube.com, Flickr.com, Last.fm, areas where you can share uh, media and drive traffic back to your site. Uh, YouTube, of course, is the largest, as expected. 84% of incoming traffic to these websites from media refers was coming from YouTube. At 9% was Flickr.com. Last.fm coming in at about 3%. Uh, Vimeo also at about 3%. And Dailymotion.com, another video site, uh, coming in at 1%. After that, you can't even see the... A couple more are listed, but they don't even show up on the uh, pie graph. So at the end, you know, he summarizes the lessons learned. Search engine optimization, specifically targeting Google's index, is key. Working hard to satisfy other search providers probably won't pay off as much as spending the time elsewhere, like Facebook and Twitter promotion. Mm-hmm. If multimedia isn't a part of your site's strategy to drive traffic, it should be. Adding photos to Flickr or videos to YouTube will not only pay off in terms of adding content to your brand, it'll drive eyeballs to your site. You know, he lists off a bunch of other uh, bullet points here as well. So I definitely would take a look at this to see those. But the takeaways are right. good. I think the takeaways are good. Get out there. Look at where this – if you're not running analytics on your site right now, definitely get that set up. Start looking at it. Um, Woopra is one resource you could use. Um, I'd highly recommend Google Analytics. It's what we use. It's free, very quick, and easy to set up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good article. All right. Well, I guess to wrap it up, we should we can touch base on uh, ads we love. And Jackie, you had a couple that you ran across, and I've seen these ones on on TV. And I must say, uh, I was hoping we would touch on these at some point in time because I do really, I do really enjoy these ads. I'm a teenage girl. Yeah, and they've kind of they've been out for a few months now, I think. Um, but they are the mayhem ads, and they are for Allstate Insurance. And mayhem is in the form of, looks like a guy in maybe his mid-30s. He is, I think they have about like two or three ads out right now. And what they do is they kind of equate mayhem with being a you know 16-year-old girl texting and running into cars and... You know, it's basically showing mayhem in all of its forms. I'm a filthy rich executive. It's very cool. I mean, it was cast very well. The guy who's in these ads reminds me a lot of Jason Statham, actually. Oh, really? What what movies was he in? Uh, Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, I think. Okay. And your 15-minute insurance may not cover my $90,000 car. A bunch of other action movies, but I don't know. There's something about those. They look very similar in some respects. They're just kind of, you know, good-looking, macho... Kind of action, almost action star looking, looking guys. And he just, this, this dude, the dude they cast for these commercials really fits that bill. So he kind of, yeah, he, does. He, he pulls off the role of mayhem as a character um, very well, but it's, it's a really cool analogy. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that nobody's done that before. I mean, maybe they have, but I haven't seen it until now. And if they have done it, they haven't done it as well. Well, right. But it's, it's, it's neat how they, they, you know, they put this guy in the shoes of, of all these different uh, characters that you know might Cre- cause mayhem on the road right. that you might run across. I'm the puppy that ate your backseat. I'm a random windstorm. <laughs> I'm a hot babe out jogging. And you know, all of a sudden they all have the same face, and it's this guy. So yeah, it's creative, creative. I liked it a lot. I think there's one where he's like munching on some leaves on the side of the road. 
it's quite comical, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just creative. And I think especially insurance, it's got to be a tough one to kind of, you know, branch out. And this is just a really creative way, I think, to approach it. Um, they have a Facebook page and everything, and we can post links to them on, um, in our show notes as well. You have to check them out. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah. It's probably a good spot to wrap it up. What do you think? Sounds good. All right. So for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Adam Meyer. And Jackie Ritaco. And uh, we'll probably have Chris back in action uh, the next show. So uh, we'll catch you then. Bye.